Sundays, we're talking about the, the parable of the growing seed and how it grows. And uh, we want to try to bring this part, this part of it to uh, a conclusion. So if you have your Bible, let's go to Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four, beginning at verse 26, same verses. Mark chapter four, verses 26 through uh, 29, it says, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. So we've been talking to you on the subject of how we grow in the kingdom, how we grow in the kingdom. This is the third part, how we grow in the kingdom. Let's pray this morning. Lord God, we thank you and we give you all the praise for your presence in this place. We thank you, God, for every provision. God, we thank you for every miracle. And God, we thank you for every opportunity to be blessed. And we give you praise for it. We thank you this morning, God, for total healing. Touch every soul in divine presence. Touch them now from the crowns of their heads to the soles of their feet. Examine them by your Holy Spirit. And whatever you find that's not of you, God, we bind it right now and cast it out of our midst. So, God, we proclaim total healing in Jesus name. Amen. And you'll be seated this morning. Let me read you a parallel scripture that that uh, I just want to reference. I'm not going to go there, uh, but I need you to know what it says because you probably have forgotten. Uh, I'm teasing. I know you never forget anything I say. <laughs> but in Matthew chapter 13, if you recall some time ago, we did the parables of the uh, sower. And in uh, and, and the, uh, the 24th verse of chapter 13, it says another parable he put forth to them, saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. You all remember that? And I want to remind you that in verse 30, it says this, let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, or at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather <clears throat> together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Okay? Now, that's just a reminder of the, the parable of the tares. If you remember that story, you know that, that uh, when asked how the tares appeared, uh, Jesus was very quick to respond. This is what, what the enemy does. Okay? All right. So I bring that to you because we're talking about uh, the seed, how it grows, and that we don't have a part in how it grows. But when it's grown, the Bible talks about the harvest. And, and this is where we are this week. We're talking about the harvest. What's important about the harvest is that that reference I gave you in Matthew 13 
is that when the harvest comes, sometimes even the tares uh, mature seed. They grow up with the wheat. And the thing is that sometimes, uh, especially from a layman's position, we don't know which is which. As a matter of fact, if I put you in a field today, you would know the weed from the wheat. Because you, you don't know. It just looks the same. Amen. And, and that's the same way it is in the kingdom. Sometimes when people grow up, it's good seed, good soil. Everything is perfect. But when it's grown up, you can't figure out which one is which. And you don't know which one to pick. Churches like that. We don't know which one to pick. I can get off on the first minute. <laughs> See, the thing that we misunderstand is that the Bible says uh, this has nothing to do with the message except this information. <laughs> Bible calls us uh, uh, as, as church members, it calls us sheep. You understand that? And then uh, we talk about sheep having a shepherd. The Bible talks about how the good shepherd, uh, he, he always takes care of his flock. And he says they, they know his voice and another they will not follow. Yeah. All right. John chapter 10. Here's the problem, y'all. And, and this is why I stopped, because I want you to understand something. When sheep are scattered because they lack a shepherd. They do not look for another shepherd. Oh, let me, I don't think y'all got that. Let me try it on this side. I was go to the. Now y'all know I'm teasing, right? Cause I. <laughs> Have to be careful. Yeah. I, not, <laughs> when sheep are scattered because of the absence of a shepherd, they don't look for another shepherd. So who leads the sheep? Sheep. Sheep. What you see today in church are sheep leading sheep. When people get disillusioned with church, I don't know why I'm going this way. When people don't like church, don't want to be in church, they think it's too hard, too much time. They're not looking for another church that's easier. They'll tell you that. They're looking for freedom not to be in church. So they're not looking for another shepherd. They're looking for a sheep that will agree with them. That's why so many people are their own churches today. You know, I can get mine from the Internet. I can get it online. I can get it you know, on TV and all that because we don't want a shepherd. But the Bible does not teach that sheep can lead themselves. And that's why the church is in a mess, because sheep are being led by sheep. And therefore, they're not growing. Okay? I just threw that in there because we're talking about growing. And as we learn 
things about church. Uh, Y'all have friends out there. How many of you think about it? How many of you know people who left church? Not this one, because nobody leaves this, uh, but left church. <laughs> and got rooted into another one. Not many. Maybe about one or two percent. Ninety-eight percent are still looking for. Well, you can't find it because you left the one. Because most people don't understand that the Holy Spirit joins you to a pastor and you can't just join yourself to another one. But what am I talking about that for? I'm talking about uh, the growing seed. So in, in, uh, in, in Mark chapter four, the Bible says that uh, the way the process works is that Souls are waiting. You know how they got call waiting? It's called soul waiting. Souls are waiting to be harvested. Now, the Bible says that, that one of the problems, of course, uh, is that there are few laborers. And the reason that there are few laborers is because there are not enough people growing up so that they can be a part of the harvest. In other words, there are not enough people who are witnessing. Amen. Ah, let's go to John chapter four. That's where I think we ended last week. Uh, I'm going to try to be a little more on task today. But I've been trying for weeks. John chapter four, uh, verse 34. It's what it says. My food is to do the will of uh, him who sent me. Y'all remember this? And to finish his work. Do not say there are still four months and then comes a harvest. Behold, I say uh, to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receive wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps rejoice together. For in this saying is true, one sows, another reaps. Now, this is what we talked about last week. This is where we ended up. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Now, there's a process that God says once you grow up, that, that's what Mark says. in the, the last verse of what he says in, in verse 29, once you grow up, then you ought to be harvested but you're harvested for service. In other words, when you become mature, you should become the witness for someone else so that they can grow up. Amen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Amen. See, you don't, you don't grow up and then keep everything you know to yourself. You know? You know, like you had that famous recipe that your mama had, but you ain't gonna share it with none of your sisters and brothers. And then you die. And somebody said, well, can we make that cake? No. Amen. You were good at it, but you didn't share what you knew with anybody else. Now, the reason for that, of course, is that uh, we limit our 
witnessing. We said this last week. We witness down. We witness across, but we won't witness up. And I think that's where I get, get, went to uh, Hebrews and told you about the lessons. Best, best, okay. See, I got off there. See, I didn't go back and get off again. Though. So the Bible says then that in verse 37 of John, what he says this, uh, John 4, he says that one sows, another reaps. Uh, so you, can, you, you may minister to folk and you may not see the harvest. In other words, if you witness to somebody, you expect them to get saved. But that's not your responsibility. Your job is to what? Give them the word. Amen. So if Brother Jones gives the word and then Deacon Wallace comes along and just say, hey, how you doing? The person say, well, look, can you help me get saved? It doesn't mean that Brother Jones failed because he already did the hard work, the heavy lifting, if you will. But the person was ready. And we told you this last week, the, the whole process of growing up is a mystery to us and God is the one who determines how we grow up. He is the one that determines whether or not, you know, uh, uh, the seed's going to be wheat or corn, barley or whatever. He's the one that makes that determination. In other words, whatever he has put in the seed is going to produce. But when the seed matures, we see the process of growth. Let's go back to Mark again one more time. It's the process of growth, the process. And he tells us what the process is. Now, notice he says that we sow the word. We sow the word. Huh? And then after the soil has been 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 prepared, it's ready to receive that word. And then the Bible says that uh, 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 then growth takes places then in stages. It doesn't grow all at all at one time. Anybody who knows anything about farming knows that it takes time and it doesn't grow. You know, when, when you see the plant come up, you can't take anything from the plant at that time because it's not mature. But at some point in time, that stalk of corn is going to grow enough where their ears on it and you can get, you know, some corn. Right. 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 <laughs> so this is the work of the Holy Spirit and, and it's not our responsibility. But here's how it grows. The Bible says first the blade. Blade is the attention. This is this is this is when we uh, uh, what we get when the word is sown. In other words, every time you, somebody ministers to you, that's attention. They, they're telling you what the word of God says. Then the ear. Now, that's the retention. One is the attention. The other is retention. And that means you begin to remember what they said to you. What? You begin to remember. Yeah, I, I remember what Brother Jones said. Y'all find yourself quoting stuff back? It's amazing, isn't it? And then the Bible says the head then shows. That's called the extension. That's when the person is convicted by what they remember. Are you understanding this? You get to the place where now somebody, somebody has given me the word. That's the attention. I remember what they said to me. That's the retention. And then that word starts to work in me. That's the extension of that word. That's where my heart is ready to give my, uh, to give itself to God. Are, are y'all following me? So the Bible says when that part comes, when we get reached that part, 
then we see that that is an illustration of how people grow up into the kingdom of God. If nobody witnesses to them, there's no word to be retained. And if there's no word to be retained, then they don't give themselves to Christ. Now, how y'all feel about that? Not witnessing at all. Huh? Mm. Mm. So the Bible says then that, that, that uh, what takes place in the kingdom of God as of what we do now is, is resulting in the kingdom to come. You understand? What we do now is the result of what's going to come or results in what is coming. In other words, the kingdom is going to manifest itself because we sown some seed. We do something now that is the kingdom. And then the Bible says, then there's the kingdom come. And when the kingdom comes, it's because somebody caught hold of this word and were able to reproduce it. Are y'all still with me? Huh? So the Bible says we need to faithfully minister to others. We got to do it. And then we have to trust God for the growth. See, you cannot, you can't make a seed grow and you can't make a seed be something. All you can do is what God lays on your heart to do. Amen. So the Bible says once the believer develops in the kingdom, he is automatically harvested or he is sent out to make new kingdom dwellers. The moment you are harvested, you should start to reproduce new kingdom dwellers. Once you are harvested, you should immediately start to reproduce other kingdom dwellers. If, we, if, if you have been saved more than one day, you ought to be sharing. Let me, let me try it again on the... If you've been saved more than one day, you ought to be sharing. Why? Because now you have a testimony. And the more you share your testimony, the more the, the testimony becomes a permanent part of your life. If you don't repeat it or rehearse it, or you don't remember, uh, 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 as we like to say in the hood, rememberize. <laughs> if, you don't, if, you don't get <laughs> if you don't get it to the place where it is first in your mind, you'll soon lose it. Most people lose their salvation because of shame. They don't want to tell nobody. You can be working beside people who've been saved six months and they say something, you say, oh, you're saved? You didn't know. Because they sure didn't tell you. That's usually because they still got a cuss left in them. They don't want to expose themselves. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. But the point, my point is that if you're not, if you are not sharing, you have not yet matured. So what do kingdom dwellers do? Well, let me just give you one illustration. They prepare themselves for service. They prepare themselves for service. What do you mean prepare themselves for service? I am every day preparing myself to be of service to you. Amen. I have to always be prayed up, worded up. Amen. Come on. Yes, attituded up. Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. 
We'll do another related parable. When we get there, you'll see why we say related. What did I say? Matthew what? Don't know why I told you that. It's 25. <laughs> I was close, right? One off. It's the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Everybody remember that one? Let me read it to you. Bible says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins. Now, again, we're still talking about what? The kingdom of God. He says it's like uh, uh, 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, uh, uh, took their lamps and took no oil with them. I'll come back to that. The, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, I almost feel like I need to stop to tell you who everybody is, who the people are, right? But you'll get it in a minute. While the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. How many of them slept? Okay. Now, this is a stretch, but I want you to stay with me. They all had lamps, they all had oil, and they all slept. Okay, y'all got that. They all had lamps, they all had oil, and they all slept. So, if we went back to Mark, we say that the seed was good, it was in a good place. And it was lying underground where we couldn't see it, waiting to grow up. I mean, we could say that. That'd be a stretch, but we could say that. But the Bible says this. Verse six. At, mid, uh, at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. All right. Time for service, right? Huh? Here's what it said in verse seven. Then all who uh, all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. What do you what do you trim your lamps? Well, y'all don't know anything about that, do you? I forgot who I'm dealing with. Uh, see, in oil lamps back in the day, in order to get more light, you had to trim the wick. Okay. It's just a few of y'all. Just a few. My grandmother had uh, oil lamps in the house to light for light. And I remember that. I remember, you know, trying to see. They didn't have no problem. My granddad sit there and read the newspaper. And I'm thinking, how in the <laughs> Even if you had light, it's the moving of the light that would mess me up, you know. That, that's all. <laughs> Verse eight says. It says, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. 
wonder what that could refer to. Well, I'll, get, I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. So the Bible says in verse nine, but the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. <laughs> but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. Go get your own. That, that, you know, modern translation. It says, <laughs> it says, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready, we did say that this is going to be about preparedness, right? Be, being ready. It says those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. I love this because this is what the Bible says. Afterwards, the other virgins came also. Now they had gone and got some oil now. Hmm? The Bible says, and, 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 and they came and saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Now it seems to me there's another scripture that says, Lord, Lord, did we not? Oh, okay. Verse 13 says this. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Verse 12. But he answered and said, as surely I say to you, I do not know you. What do you say? I do not know you. Well, wait a minute. I was just at your wedding party. You know, with a mother five. And yet you don't know me. I started to take you back one more time, but I know I saw the message of these old songs. Y'all, y'all always go back to the wrong place. Well, in the words of Mr. Pendergrass, if you don't know me by now. And everybody know that song. I, I <laughs> so verse 13 says, watch, therefore, for, you know, neither the day nor the hour in which the son of man is coming. Now. Put this in context. During this time when there was going to be a wedding, the bridegroom would go to the bride's house, pick her up with the wedding party, bring her back to his house. When he got back to his house, the wedding feast would begin in celebration of their new life, new house, new whatever. Can't do it. Uh, ladies, this is about you now. If he don't take you to your own place, you stay home. Amen. 
You can't look. You can't go to his mama's house. I'm just saying. If he don't have the means to put you in a place. Stay home. And single. That ain't got nothing to do with the lesson. It's just that I'm trying to explain that this is what was taking place. So there's a wedding taking <laughs> And the bridegroom showed up. And, and nobody knew what time he was going to show up. Uh, they were waiting. And, and like we do, when it's midnight, he hadn't shown up. We, we go to sleep. Then, then, you know, somebody stays awake to watch. And they, they saw that the groom was coming. And they said, the bridegroom comes. That was the shout for everybody to know that, that, that it's time to, to get started. Now, problem here, of course, is that everybody had lamps. Everybody had oil. The bridegroom is Christ. The bride is the church. The oil and the lamps is a metaphor for two things. Everybody thinks oil. That's true. But it's also a metaphor for the word. Because the word gives light. Are y'all with me? So the Bible says that when the bridegroom shows up, when Jesus shows up, when Jesus shows up, there there's going to be two things that take place. Now, there's going to be a time of celebration, obviously. But there's also another thing that's going to take place simultaneously because there were five wise and five foolish. So as long with the celebration, there's also going to come judgment. Y'all still with me? So the Bible says that when the seed grows up and matures, we know now what it's going to be because the Bible says that they were all in the wedding party and they all had a word and they were all anointed. But sometimes what happens to us is that our anointing dries up. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. The only way I can put it in terms that you can understand is that it dries up. It doesn't. It doesn't. What happens is, listen to me very carefully. You are anointed to do something. In this case, you were to be the, the servants of the, of the brides. And you were supposed to be there and you were supposed to be ready. If you didn't bring any oil, guess what? You were not ready to carry out your assignment. And because you were not ready to carry out your assignment, that does not mean that you were not anointed, but it does mean you were not prepared. Can I try it on this side? It does not mean you were not anointed to do the job. It just means that you were not prepared to do the job. When, when it was time for you to act, you were not ready. You were not ready. You were not ready. You had enough, listen, you had enough oil to wait, but not to work. Are y'all getting this? See, you had enough oil to wait, but you didn't know how long you had to wait. 
But see, the wise ones knew that they had to have a steady supply of oil because they knew he was coming. They just didn't know when. The church is known for 2019 years that he was coming, but you just didn't know what day it was going to be. So you weren't ready when he showed up. Well, Pastor, I don't understand that. How much oil can you carry? That's why the Bible says you need to be being filled with the spirit. That's why you keep refilling yourself with the word of God. You keep refilling yourself with the anointing, with his presence. You stay ready so that when he shows up, you ready. But you see what happens is that in, and I referenced earlier the, 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 the tares and the wheat. Sometimes when, when we're looking at the, the, the ten uh, virgins, they were all dressed the same. They all looked and they acted all the same until it was time for the harvest. When you were to put in when you were put in the service, when you were put in the service, were you ready to do your job? And the answer is that when it was time to go in, the, 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 uh, the bridegroom said, y'all, come on in. Come on in. Now, he didn't say it. Please, I want you to get this. He didn't say, where are the other five? No, 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 no. Because if they were ready, they would have been there. But they were gone to get more anointing. All right. Put this in your notes. You cannot borrow anointing. It's not shared. Do you understand this? And add this to your notes. You cannot get anointing from a man. And see what's happening is people think that you can hang around anointed people and you keep your light burning. No, 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 no. The anointing comes from God. It is the Holy Spirit that is going to keep you full and keep you ready. If you don't receive it from God, you will not be able to use it. And on the day that you need it, you won't have it. You don't know that the person you're trying to, 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 to sneak anointing from is going to be there either because they may be out. The person that you put all your faith and hope in. Maybe the person who's having a bad day that day. Huh? But you can, you can stay with the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me here? So he said, when they got to the door, he closed it. He said, okay, everybody come on in. These other people who were anointed, come on. They were selected because they were in the wedding party. And they had all the attributes of the ones who were prepared. Except they didn't make provision. See, this is what happens to us. We're ready today. But what if he delays to tomorrow? We're ready next week. But what if he waits the next year? See, in the meanwhile, the Bible says what happens is. You go off on your own pursuits. Come on. You got to go buy some anointing. Where are you going to get that anointing from? Come on now, stay with me. Where are you going to go to get the anointing? You're going to see the king. But you have no oil. 
So you have to go to someplace else other than the king. So where'd you go? And see, that's why it's not just the seed growing up and growing and being mature. They were all, all 10, all 10. But it comes a point in time when you have to be ready. And the part of being ready is your responsibility. Now, we said that the, the, what the seed is and how it grows, that's God's responsibility. But once it's visible, it's your responsibility. Amen. Now it's your responsibility. You've got to nurture the seed. You've got to do something with it. You've got to change. You've got to transform yourself so that when he says, I need you, you say, here I am, Lord. This is the place where people are falling off. They're good at waiting. Because see, nothing's happening right now. Hmm? But it will. It's like, you know, can I give you an illustration? <clears throat> it's like you're sitting around, you know, everything's, everything's cool. And then something tragic happens in your life. Just like that. <clears throat> Do you have enough oil for that? Can you maintain the same light? Come on now, hold on. Can you maintain the same light when that tragic event happen, happens? Are you exhausting your flow of the oil at that point in time? Is it just too much for you? Can you just not handle it? See, when is the time that you need oil the most? When you have darkness. Come on, somebody help. When do you need, when, you, when it's dark, that's when you need some light. You need to trim that wick, get some more oil. Trim it, get some more. Because now I need to see my way through this situation. I don't mean I, I'm going to sit here and cry my way through. I need to see my way through this situation. And the only way I'm going to do that is I got to have some oil in my lamp, my wick's trim, and I got to be on duty 24-7. Y'all with me? So when we start talking about what, what, what happens in the kingdom of God, see, we already said, we already said at the beginning of each one of these parables, it says the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like this. This is what the kingdom is like. But just because you know what the kingdom is like don't mean you're going to be in it. Hmm? There's stuff you know. But don't mean you're going to be in it. We know that water's wet, but you pretty much ain't in nothing right now. Amen. Some of you probably in hot water, but you don't know it yet because you ain't got home. But that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> Are y'all following me? <laughs> Let me close this. I'm doing pretty good today. I got no, no, look, I got no time to go down one more trail. <laughs> There's a day when the harvest comes. Inevitably, when the harvest comes, two things will happen. And the Bible says that there's going to be a harvest and there's going to be judgment. 
here are three things that happens when this day comes. It's a summons to patience. What does that mean, a summons to patience? It means that uh, we are creatures of the moment, inevitably think of in terms and uh, think of terms, things in terms of the moment. That's what we are. We momentarily think, momentary thinkers. We think of things right now. God thinks in eternity. So he's not concerned about you in the moment. Oh, yeah. So therefore, the Bible makes it very clear then uh, in Psalms 90 and 4. It says uh, a thousand years in thy sight, or but as yesterday when it's past or as a watch in the night. Because God don't wear a watch, so he don't know. So the Bible says then uh, because of that, you have to have the patience to wait on God. You have to wait on God. God don't you have to wait till he comes. Can I just tell you this? How long does he wait? How long you have to wait in your situation till he shows up in it? How long do you wait in that situation till he shows up in it? How long do you wait in your situation till he shows up in it? You don't know when that is because you don't know the day. But you got to stay on it. You got to stay on it. Second thing is, the Bible says, it's a summons to hope. Second, ten, uh, excuse me, sir. Titus chapter 2. Let me see. Titus chapter 2. I can find it here. Verse 13, I believe. Yeah, 13. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What are we looking for? We're looking for his appearance. We're hoping against hope. That's why you can't be despairing in church. Uh -uh. What that what that mean? Despairing, Pastor? What's a despair? The way you look right now. No, you have hope. You, you have hope. So therefore, you know that as long as you stay in the church, the kingdom, that Christ is coming back for you. You're not like some child that, you know, daddy went off to get a pack of cigarettes and never come back. <laughs> Another joke they didn't get. <laughs> but you're one that have hope. You know. That your dad's coming back. Yeah. And last but not least, the Bible says it's a summons to preparedness. I got to be ready. When the end comes, we must be ready for it. You can't, listen, you can't get ready. When the door's closed, notice they knocked on the door. Now I'm telling you something. Some folk, are not going to know that they need to knock until they find out that you ain't here. They ain't get that, yes. They ain't get that. They ain't get that. When they look around and see you are not here, they're going to realize the door is closed. When look, folks, when, when y'all look around and people are near you and they ain't here no more,
you know, there's one little, missed it by that much. There's one little thing I want to put as a postscript here because this is so important. See, so many of you right now, the door has been closed on some things in your life. You don't even realize it's gone. Hmm? Hmm? It's a good place to stop, ain't it? I'm at an out of time anyway, so it's a good place to stop. You remember what your prayer life used to be like? Amen. No oil in your lamp. Hmm? Remember what your relationships used to be to one another? No oil. In your lamp. What about when you were attacked in your body? You crying instead of fighting. And the sad part is these ten virgins were knocking and Christ said, you can't come in. Well, he has not closed the door on you yet. And the Bible says, knock. You can go back and pick up. I was working on the message. I'm still working on it. Uh, I've done it before, but I had to update it. You all remember this message about Elijah says, what are you doing here? Okay, well you're gonna hear it again. As folks say, with some new, new, new scenes, uh, uh, never before scenes. <laughs> but here's what I want to show you on that. In First Kings, when when you find you don't have to go there now, you'll hear it. But but Elijah was 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 depressed. Uh, uh, this depression had gotten the best of him. And, and he had sit around, you know, getting ready to die. He wanted to die, which is stupid because y'all know he, he, if he wanted to die, all he had to do was just stay right where he was because Jezebel would have killed him. He, he <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but that's, that, that's, that's the, that, 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 you know, that, that ain't they want to My point was that when God began to minister to him, Here's what he said to Elijah. And I think it's in verse 15. I'm not sure. But here's what he said. Go back the way you came. What did he say? Go back the way you came. You know what I'm saying to you this morning? Go back the way you came. Remember how you came. Yes. Amen. Remember how you were excited on fire for the Lord. Go back the way you came. See, so you want to stick around where the fire is quenched, where the spirit's not working. No, go back. Stand up on your feet. <laughs> 